You all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Yeah. Albert Shivers. The Matrix doesn't happen. That's very true. Come along quietly or not. The general concept is that creativity flourishes in, a, in an atmosphere of freedom. Hello folks, this is Albert Shivers and you're listening to the Planet Shivers podcast. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of episode. No guest on this episode. I wanted to do something. So March is Women's History Month. I had the idea the other day to talk about some women. People I know, people I don't know. All that have influenced and affected me in in different ways. Some fun, some more serious Being that it's 2023, I came up with a list of 2,023 different women who, no, I just came up with nine. And they'll be listed in no particular order. Um, Just want to fill you in on a little bit of what's been going on with me. Had an art show this weekend at the Gamut Art Gallery. Went very, very well. And I got some fun stories about that, but I'll save them for another podcast, all the all the things that happen at an art show happen. The schmoozing, the networking, uh, the glad handing, all went very well. Uh, I think this, I tend to get angsty during an art opening, but this one felt real good. Jim and Mary took care of me, and I enjoyed it, and... Um, even even sold some stuff, so that's that's always good. And selling, I'll tell you what, selling my artwork that's not commissions is always bittersweet to me. You know, I, I joke around, my art is like my children because of how nervous I get when they have to go out into the world on their own. Everything went smooth, it all went great, and that's... That's all you can ask for. A bunch of new pieces over there to go check out. And you can see what else I have cooking on Instagram at Albert Shivers and the website www.albertshivers.com. So now that we got that out of the way, let's get to my list. And let's just talk. Well, I'll talk. You, You can talk, but I can't hear you. But feel free to talk. Before I get to the list itself, though, just want to throw out some some other names. Um, first, I want to shout out to my stepmother. I want to shout out to both my grandmothers, Jean and Betty. I also want to shout out to a wonderful woman, Myra Trumpitsky, the grandmother that I didn't know I needed, and a fantastic artist in her own right, making jewelry. Also, shout out to all the women guests that have been on the podcast in all these 90-some-odd episodes. With a specific shout out to Courtney Nat and Sylvia Thompson, owners of the Create and Be Gallery here in Stroudsburg. They're doing an amazing job. Go check them out. 
WVFW, Brooklyn, New York. So let's get to the list. First name on this list is, if you know me, somebody who won't surprise you. Um, we start off with a celebrity and Amy Winehouse. And a little bit I want to say about her is more to do with how I discovered her music. Music is very important to me. It's been a parallel. Everything going on in my life, I could usually attach it to some kind of music. Amy Winehouse is a biggie for me. A lot of my music interest trickled down from my mother, whether it was funk or Motown and oldies, things like that, disco, some disco. But Amy Winehouse was one that stood out. When Back to Black came out, my mother ran out and got it, and it had a lot of that Diana Ross and the Supremes, a lot of that kind of Motown, Stax Records kind of deal to it, that background. One of the songs, He Walks Away, The Sun Goes Down, I can't remember the name of the title, but that one has really, to me, really heavy Diana Ross and the Supremes vibes to it. And I began began to get into her music and really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's it's a it's a sad story in the end, but who like there there hasn't been a voice like that probably since Sarah Vaughn and another name on this list that I won't spoil too early. She pulled from old time. She jumped back, Amy, that is, about two generations and pulled her influences from there and brought it up. She took an old rhythm and all of life, everything we do is some kind of a rhythm. She took an old rhythm and brought it up here and made it new without diluting it too much. And it would have been amazing to see and hear what she would have continued to do, but that's not how it played out. Second name on my list, and you know I had to stick a race car driver on this list. If you know me, you know me. Uh, but I wanted to talk about Janet Guthrie. Um, we've all maybe heard of Danica Patrick and some other big female race car drivers who've made it in the past decade or so. But Janet Guthrie was one of the first. She wasn't the first. There's always been female racing drivers, whether it was IndyCar, NASCAR, drag racing. The NHRA is full of female drivers, probably the most diverse when it comes to the ratio of men and women in the race cars. But Janet Guthrie mainly ran IndyCar and NASCAR. Um, she's the only woman to run both the Daytona 500 and the Indianapolis 500. And it was the 70s. And as, as welcoming as a lot of the men were to her, there were a bunch that weren't, and there were some that were, they were that were very helpful, the Wood Brothers, which was a racing team back then. But if she went out there and started out running them, it was a bit of a different story. They still looked at her as a novelty. She is still out there. She's wrote a great book. I forget the title of it. And uh, it's hard to find. So I haven't been able to find it. But I hope to read it one day. Janet Guthrie is somebody who I'd eventually like to have on this show. So I'm working on it. 
Third on my list, we're going to switch in a very different direction, is Billie Holiday. And she is another big influence that I referenced before to Amy Winehouse. In short, you know, she went through everything. I think she was a woman who her whole career and her whole life was really looking for love and never really found it. She dealt with a lot of trifling men who turned on her, one of which even turned her in. One thing about Billie Holiday, though, that I can appreciate is her bravery. And I would add Nina Simone to this category, too. Uh, I don't know too many singers of any gender who could get up on stage and sing Strange Fruit a song about the lynchings of black folks back in those days. Um, You know, it hits me hard just listening to it. I cannot imagine being a black woman and getting up on the stage and singing it, especially for the first time. They say that the sorrows of life are the joys of art, which is sucky in a way. You know, the, the hard times produce the best art. And I've experienced that too for a woman who dealt with a lot a lot of adversity which is putting it mildly she created some beautiful art and there's never there's never going to be a voice like that again and that's one of the things if you listen to a lot of the singers back oh man here i go on another jazz jazz rant These people don't need to hear this. This This is supposed to be the Woman's Month podcast. And maybe it's my own... All right. Where did I put my giant scissors? Number four on my list, we shift to somebody that I know. And the youngest woman on this list, which is my sister, Gabby. She's been on the show before two episodes. We did a Halloween episode... And just a chatty episode together. What I want to say about her is all the laughs that we've had. I mean, there have been times where my stomach has been in pain from laughing so hard. From just joking around with her. You know, we, we whatever it is, whatever the universe handed down, we got the same sense of humor for the most part. She, in a lot of ways, even as the younger sister... There are a lot of instances when she has been my rock. And I mean that. After my mother passed, my sister was on a baseball team, Little League. She played softball. And the more I look back at that, the more I feel that... So I, I helped coach the team. I would show up and help play catch with the girls um hit like softballs to them and have them catch them different things and my sister and I would practice at home I she'd practice her hitting practice her catching practice her running she was the catcher on the team and she was she was damn good if I if my memory serves and it was helping and being a part of that that got my mind off of mourning Gave me something positive to concentrate on. And I didn't even realize it at the time. But it really helped me through that time period, among other things. But 
Like, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Number five is a fun one, I think. But uh, Fran Drescher, my first little TV crush as, as Little Albert. Uh, my mother and I watched The Nanny all the time. She loved the show, and we watched it a lot growing up. And again, as as I grew older and, you know, the show just got nostalgic. And for me, like, nostalgia can, can get me. If I'm not ready, it'll just it'll reach out and grab me. And then as I, as I got older, you learn about her personal life. She had the same type of sickness my mother had. Hearing about her journey through it kind of helped me with deal with it with my mother you know another case of like my sister helping me through it watching that silly sitcom helped me deal helped me cope and you know to the point where I basically have a tattoo of it it was you know anybody can you know mom on the arm and I want to do something different than that so I I put Franny Finehouse on my arm. Little combination between Fran Drescher and Amy as an homage to my mother as well. And I think that she would have she would have had a laugh at it. You know, we were both, you know, if there's humor in it, we were both on board. Six and seven. Six and seven. Six and seven are two people that I know. Um, not going to give you last names, but they know who they are and hope maybe they're, maybe they're listening. But first one is Renee. Um, Renee is the wife of my buddy, Mike. And when I first met her, she was an English teacher and I'd go over their house and she'd be sitting in a sea of papers and never really, never really seemed content. But one thing she loved to do was photography. And I watched her build a photography business from nothing. When she started, she used no filters, no digital tricks still. She wasn't interested in making you, taking your picture and making you something else. She wanted to take your picture just as you are. And that's something that I appreciate and I admire. Number seven is a woman named Corin. She is the mother of my two brothers from another tribe, Isaac and Sam. They've been on this show a bunch, and Isaac has been a huge help, especially when this show got started, man. He was my right hand. He still is. And as I got to know Isaac, and he and I were hanging out and doing music together, along with his father, Sean, also been on the show, uh, Karin opened up her home to me and started having me over for dinner and doing Friday nights. And I don't know if I've been at a table with such warmth and feeling so accepted. And it has always, always meant a lot to me. Every time I'm someone who does not take that kind of thing for granted. And Corin is a is a great woman and and important to be mentioned. And now, boys and girls, here is what you get when you join the Secret Squadron. This membership card with your very own Secret Squadron number. Number eight 
is Frida Kahlo. Sixth to eighth grade, I was in a magnet program in middle school for visual art, and my teacher was not only a big fan of Frida Kahlo, but even looked like her a little bit. And for whatever, you know, she was very hard on me as a student, and so it it turned me off to Frida, because I always associated it with her. But as I grew up and started learning about different artists and, and things, it really, Frida, I love her work, but she taught me a lot about the art game. Her trips to France, you know, the the jealousy that exists in art. So she's, you know, she gets together with Diego Rivera, who's a wonderful artist in and of himself. But he began to get jealous once her fame and maybe talent began to exceed his. Okay? And he was jealous of his own partner, his own wife, which is messed up. Um, So she had to fight that. She had to fight against being a female artist, being a Mexican artist. And then... All of her personal tragedies, her her accident in the bus that prevented her from being a mother and she was never quite 100% healthy. Quite a few of her most popular works were done with her lying in bed with a special contraption for her to paint in bed with the way that they would, you know, like put the place, the artwork over, over her and like this tray type contraption but one one story that stands out to me i watched a pbs documentary about frida and here's a woman who lived ill had trouble finding love and passed away not well off this documentary ends with a small self-portrait of Frida's not much smaller than 8 by 10 I would say and and it's being auctioned off at an auction house and it sells for 3 million dollars Frida Kahlo probably hadn't seen 3 million dollars collectively in her entire life not that I'm not comparing myself to her but it showed me what I'm going to be up against. (laughs) You know? It taught me a lot, a lot of things that you, if you're an artist, you better enjoy what you're doing. You better enjoy your art, whatever it is. You know how many things, on one hand, people have raised over, or um, raved over, and on the other hand, this person over here doesn't like it, and here over here loves it. An artist lives in a subjective world to a degree. And you have to develop a thick skin, I feel, in order to make it through and chase some level of success. And with all the things that I just mentioned Frida having to deal with, she must have had a very, very thick skin and a very, very strong soul. Which brings me to my last name on the list, 
You guys have probably seen it coming. But number nine on this list is my mother, Jacqueline. As an adult now, I believe that I've learned just as much about her thinking back, putting my thoughts through the filter of adulthood, as I did growing up with her as my mom. You know, my folks split up when I was six, and she was a single mom for a long time. And when you're a kid, you just, you know, it's mom, and it's just the way it is. But as I've grown into an adult, I've thought back about certain things, about certain times in our lives. It could not have been easy for her. Certain things must have been very difficult, especially when my grandparents passed away. My grandfather was a strong dude, and my mother had a lot of him in her. She took good care of me. Times were not always perfect, but one thing that I'll share with you about her. So when we left Staten Island, she moved up to Narrowsburg, New York, where she worked for an anthropologist. She was doing some cleaning work for this anthropologist, Dr. Sutter, who I worked for on Staten Island, doing yard stuff and handy stuff around the house. And he had a, he had a place in Narrowsburg. And one year for her birthday, I believe, or Christmas, he bought her a brand new digital Canon camera. And she started to take photos. And in, now, I'm going to be biased, but it doesn't matter. She's my mother. Get the hell out of here. I'm biased. Um, she was great at it right from the get-go. And really, really liked it. She, she was always artistic. I remember being young and being the Pokemon age. And her and I would sit at the table and draw Pokemon together. And she always drew them better than I did. So she definitely had an artistic eye that just was never exercised. But it was there. And she took these great pictures just from around her house, nature photography. And as she got more and more involved, she did a lot of bald eagle photography. Um, she probably has one of only a handful of photographs. Hear me now. A handful of photographs in existence of bald eagles doing their mating thing. Because it's a very quick process. And I don't want to get all eagle, you know, eagle smut on you. But the male kind of flies in there and and it's over. And she studied and figured out, okay, when is this going to happen? Where are the nests? And all those things and got photographs of eagle mating ritual and that's very rare i didn't realize even then how into it she was photography that is not not eagle porn okay i don't, I don't want you to get the wrong idea here they do something called eagle fest in narrowsburg every year because it's a it's a very popular spot for Bald eagles. There's a lot of them up there. The hawk's nest is another area up there, which is a road that goes along a mountain where there's tons of nests. 
and ground where not only bald eagles hang out, but a lot of different birds of prey, hawks, different types of eagles, things like that. And the Delaware runs right next to it. So all their food, all the fish that they eat are there too. So my mother gets this beautiful photograph of a bald eagle, wings fully spanned with sticks in its talons. Beautiful picture. And she enters this in the Eagle Fest as amateur photographer. And she wins first prize. First prize. Amongst all these professional photographers who I believe were also all men. I think she was the only woman in the finals of this contest. And she won first prize. And... All of these people are, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And she just swept on there and got, got the blue ribbon. And I have that photograph of that eagle hanging in my bedroom. And I'm, I'm never going to get rid of it. Never, never. And I'm glad that she found something that she loved before she passed. She lived... For my father as a wife. She lived as a daughter to my grandparents. She lived as a mother to me. And then she lived as a lady friend to her longtime boyfriend. Through all that, I don't know if she ever lived for herself. Done things for herself. It is all very much in the culture now. You do you, self-love, but I didn't hear anything about that as a kid. And watching my mother, no matter what time period it was, I never seen her fulfilled for herself more than when she was doing that photography. What a gift. What a gift. And I'm so, so thankful that she found something like that before she was gone. Parents, okay? Parents talk about watching their kid do things, right? But how often do we hear about uh, watching our parents do something great? And that, that I'm happy for. I'm happy that she had that and then I got to be around it before she left. And that that's it and that's that. Lastly, I just want to say very briefly, there is a woman that I've met recently who has reminded me of the warmth that I've been missing. And and I also want to say to the men this is a drum that I that I beat very often, but I feel strongly about it, which is, and this goes for everybody in your life, but take care of the women in your life. You know, as, just because things have become more equal does not mean that you have to become less of a gentleman. Huh? Take care of the women in your life. Because there may come a time 
when they're not there anymore. Until next time, until the next episode, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else.